<laughs> Look at this. It is Friday. It is nine, so it's UK Cowboys time. Yes. Welcome, everybody. It is episode 56, season four. Um, I know usually we're on a Thursday, but yesterday it was just all going on. So we had to just postpone. We put the message up so everybody knew, and now we're on a Friday. But that's a little bit better because everybody can grab a drink, a beverage of some type, stick your feet up, have a cigar as well if you want. I did. I had one earlier. There we go. Yep. And here we are. It's Friday. How are we, guys? Oh, I'm I'm glad to be back on the, the airwaves. I mean, I've I've had PC problems the last two weeks, which obviously <laughs> yeah, you guys true. had to fill in with the draft, um, the mock draft two weeks ago and all that. So it's just been crazy, and I've ended up having to buy a new laptop. So. Oh, that's commitment for you. Yep. <laughs> How are we, Paul? It only feels like uh, not very long ago me and you were talking again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much else to my, see in that, really. No, no. My wife is questioning things. I, th I, th I like, think your wife's questioning everything what we do now. Uh, this is true. This is true. <clears throat> yeah. So... But there we go. Yes, so we're going to be doing some news and updates. Um, try and go through a little bit of draft, but there's so much news that has come out this week that I'm not sure how much uh, we'll squeeze in. We will squeeze some in because the people have questions. I've got one good one uh, that somebody's asked me. We'll go through it a little bit later. But let's start off, guys, because um, basically today the... Dallas Cowboys have announced their full uh, coaching squad. I don't know. Have you seen the list, Paul? You've seen him? Yeah. Oh um, is it Tozier, McClurry, and oh, uh, there's the, run, the new running back coach as well? Yes. I mean, go, go for it, <clears> Lorne. <throat> running back coach was also what? Lord. Here he is the... Uh, assistant offensive line coach, and this year he's now also he's the running game coordinator as well. So, um, yeah. obviously, you know he he doesn't really have a, a background in coaching running backs, but you know this maybe mm -hmm. is a focus that you know the running backs and the the offensive line together will be a more focused approach to the running as well. So, um, mm -hmm. hopefully that that means it's a good thing. Um, You've obviously you got Scalari as we've talked about, um, you know, being the offensive line coach. He's he's worked in Seattle, um, obviously, but the last two era as well here. Um, mm -hmm. So he's got a, he's got a fine pedigree as well. Uh, seems like um, the the West Coast offense that we're talking about that. Um, you know, the linemen are going to be a little bit lighter, I would say, and a bit more mobile. So, yeah. For me, I'm very intrigued by that because me and Meg were talking about this earlier today yeah. and she, Meg made a really good point. It's like, and and for me, like me having coached O-line and D-line in particular, like uh, previously before, not up to that level, but you could use offensive line 
gap assignments, this, like especially over game field, to help your running backs. So I think this is where this will come into play substantially for the running backs. It's like if plan A, like if your A gap is closed off, here's your plan B. You should have done this. You should have done that. It's just to help bring better understanding for your running backs. So that could be the issue that where previously before where how maybe like so utilizing Zeke, like we were not never ever giving them like a plan B where it comes to the gaps were folded over, for example. So I think this is where this move kind of plays a part in that, perhaps. Yeah. Anybody got a take though on the offensive line coach, Mike Solari? I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Like, well, yep. he's he's a bona fide offensive lineman coach for He's been what, coaching offensive line for like 40 years or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been coaching longer than we've been alive. Yeah. So <laughs> like from, from college to he was actually under Tom Landry as a special teams assistant, etc. So like he knows Dallas quite well, I would like to think. Mm. But but with all the years, he's won a Super Bowl being a, like uh, as a coach as well under, I think it was the 49ers, I believe. Um, yeah, correct. And and over the course of those years, he's just been an offensive lineman coach, and he has over some periods of time, he's had some good units. But I don't think he has potentially, potentially the type of players that he's have and his repertoire right now. Yeah, so that is I, true. When you when you think like you know, like here's a question for you both because you both played offensive line, right? Yeah. A lot of people are saying, and I, I get, I, I'm, before you go there, don't think I'm stepping off the offensive line draft train, right? But a lot of people are saying, let's draft offensive line. It's offensive line first round, cornerback second, wide receiver third, is what people are saying generally. That's a big, big thing that comes out. Mm. Bear in mind, last season, the offensive line ranked second in sacks allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Despite how we had uh, our offensive line have improved over the past yeah. two years, that is that is still uh still a concern. So um I think bringing Strolari in will definitely help do that. And uh yeah, I mean I don't know what else to say. I mean, don't get me wrong, like he he did had a really tough job up in Seattle. Like even though like said Geno Smith, he got sat quite a lot of times, but when it came to overall, he helped improve that Seattle offensive line just as a overall unit. But I think with the guys he's now got in Dallas, like so Zach Martin and Tyler Smith, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and uh, hope hoping just hoping Terrence Steele comes back and gets re-signed and stuff like that and a new deal as well, we can actually have a really good solid foundation going forward with Stolari. So um and this is a word that me and Med were using all night is the word interesting, so to speak. It's going it's a very, very interesting like not just on Stolari, but from everyone in terms of who we brought in for coaching. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be completely different, but the I think the most important thing is like this is all in Mike McCarthy. And the reason I say that is like, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, very true. He, he is taking the initiative to take more responsibility as a head coach. And we have said that in previous weeks. Um, and I am definitely well and truly supportive of that because 
that to like I would love to have a head coach that wants to take on that role of responsibility. Like he knows the pressure. Like mm. he's trying to like stop Jerry and Stephen interfering from the coaching side of things. He wants us to know this is the team I want to run. You guys tell like these are the type of players I want you to look at and bring in, etc. So I'm really happy that's the way it's kind of going. So with a head coach, he knows exactly what he wants to do. So mm. again, yeah, and interesting. I think it- I think as well, what's interesting is obviously Dak was interviewed during Super Bowl week, um, you know, and uh, Jory Epstein had the, the story about, you know, that um, McCarthy's changing about 20 to 30% of the playbook, which means there, there will still be things there, but, you know, from last year, which means mm-hmm. that we're playing on some of the strengths of the team. But, um, you know, obviously some of the things that were, criticising um, Kellen Moore about, you know, we'll be able to hopefully improve on that. And, you know, as we know, it's um, the, the both uh, both teams that were in the Super Bowl this year basically ran the, the newly revised sort of West Coast offence with a little bit of the option game mixed in as well. So, um, mm. you know, if, it, if McCarthy has actually sat down during that period that he was in between jobs with Green Bay and us. Um, you know, if he really has taken on board everything that's been, uh, you know, he sat down with those power of five coaches that he was dealing with, you know, then, you know, we, sh- we should be improving the offence, I think. Um, offense, offensive line-wise, yeah, I'd be quite happy to go offensive line first round. I mean, obviously 100%. you're talking about... Connor McGovern, you don't know about. Um, you know, there's talk that obviously to to get us under the cap, we might be saying goodbye to Tyron Smith. Um, uh, you know, and if he if we do let him go, then I think he'll retire and start the clock on uh, obviously inevitable. Yeah, he's not going to another team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, and yeah, we we hope St- uh, Tyron Steele comes back. Uh, the good thing today, I've seen um, Duke Manyweather's posting a lot of videos and Tyler Biadish is in. So, you know, he's obviously, the, the off-season's over for him. He's starting the work as well. So um, yeah. that's that's a good sign. He's, he's not la- lounging around on holiday or anything. So. <laughs> You've got to give Biadish a lot of credit. A guy that we slated in pretty much his first and possibly his second season as a Dallas Cowboy he's certainly flipped that around this season and and a lot of that credit is due to Duke Merriweather like he has hands down changed the probably the mindset but also just a lot of things from technique to blocking ability snapping the ball etc all down to Duke Merriweather so he deserves a lot of credit for that yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, good to see the Labastri's in the house. We also see DG Dog and the Fumble Hearts is here. Um, so Labastri just said, if you bring that question back up there, Mike. Mike. Uh, uh, sorry, it wasn't me. Sorry. So Labastri just said, big question uh, mark at left guard and the running game to last up the steel went down. So I find the leading the first round charge for, for people. Um, I mean, if we do go offensively in the first first round, I would not be disappointed yeah. at all. I think it, it is a void. I mean, I, there is other areas I think we could probably get like best player available 
Um, yes, we are talking. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Lebowski. We are talking about Tyler Biadish, the pro bowler. Yes, we are. I'm, I'm uh, more deserved than Tyler Huntley, the pro bowler. So, mm. <laughs> so and because uh, I, I know uh, the Fumble Hots made the comment that we're not drafting the O line in the first round. We already have two first round pieces in the O line. They'll put, they will draft an offensive guard in the third round. It's quite possible. It, like, And this is the beauty about the draft. We just don't know. Because we're sitting at 26, we just don't know what other teams are thinking of doing. Like, if, if we knew what they were doing, then obviously we already knew what our draft pick's going to be. So, um, I mean, it could... It could be wide receiver, it could be cornerback, it could be the defensive interior um, layman, like the Scala Aitka from Baylor. It could be that guy who is an absolute freaking beast. Like, if we draft him, I'd be very happy, to be honest, um, at 26. So there's a lot of good options where we're sitting that Like, there's some good players that, that can be available when we're on the clock. So, um, but... I think this. I think we can all say it's like whatever best player is there available. I don't think we will be disappointed. I think the only thing we would be disappointed is if we were to trade up for someone and lose draft capital in terms of the later round picks and next year, because we need as many picks as we can to kind of help, like cater for this West Coast offense. So potentially another running back, potentially another tight end potentially two wide receivers later on in the draft. So there's a lot of uh, things that we do need to consider. Yeah. I'm glad you said tight end because that's something we're going to talk about toward the end of the show because mm. it's something I think people are completely overlooking, um, which is going to be... We will draft a tight end, I will say that, because <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, um, Dalton Schultz is out the door as far as I'm concerned. I oh, don't yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There's no way, like, and, and I don't know at the top of my head, but I believe his, uh, if we were to franchise tag him again, it'll be a similar. Sim so it's pretty much nearly double to what we're, it's, it's the same idea what happened with Kirk Cousins when they tagged him twice, two years in a row. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just doubled up the value of it. So you've got to give him something like 25% over what he was making mm -hmm. last year. So yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's yeah, I mean, I'm all for um, Dalton to get his money. I'm all for that, but I just don't see him getting that contract with Dallas right now. It was, and plus, I am now at the stage now. I think the franchise tag is actually playing devil. It's just a salary cap um, bullet to the head, pretty much. <laughs> well, I, we we are going to talk about the the franchise tag today. Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's something we will get into. Um, but continuing on with um, the coaching side, guys, uh, we'll just stick there at the minute. Scott Tolzien, quarterbacks coach. Anybody find that an interesting take? I mean, you use one for you is that um, obviously Wisconsin Badgers quarterback. Um, not too bad. Colts and Chargers, San Francisco, yeah. and analytics. Someone He's been a lot on the analytics side. What do mm -hmm. you guys make of this particular coaching hire? Have you got a take on it? My initial take is I'm. I don't really have an opinion. I do find a bit of a question mark, same as as what we did for the running backs coach. Mm -hmm. Like, but 
it's the ones that you just don't the, the ones you don't really know too much about seem to be the more surprising acquisitions that might actually caught you off guard as oh wow is that what they can do okay yeah. i'm i'm very intrigued yep. you know so um again this kind of goes back to what i was kind of saying i yeah, think with yeah. all the coaches yeah. with, with all the with all the coaching hires that we have made it's you just know this season is going to be completely different if it's going to be for the better for the better or possibly the worse so we just don't know so there's a big question mark going forward but it goes back to all goes back to Mike McCarthy with him taking that extra responsibility. Yeah, I think I think obviously the good thing is Tolzien's been in the building a year. He was quality mm-hmm. control sure. um, last year as well, so yeah, he yeah. will have at least had some sort of relationship with Dak. Um, but you know, it's now a fresh voice that's in, and again, he's much like Kellen Moore much like John Kitna, he's had experience of playing quarterback. It's not like you're asking a, you, you're not asking a tight end to coach. Uh, yeah. yeah. Played, played snaps. So has an idea of different offenses. And um, I think he also had a tie in as well with Belichick as well at one point. Um I think, I think you're right, Lord. Well. I, I think, think you're like, right, yeah. There, so, so mm-hmm. I mean, that obviously, you know, that's he's he's had some sort of coaching from from a master as well. So, um, yeah. Again, it's it's giving yeah. it's a brand new voice for Dak, and it's somebody else that you know should be able to say, "Don't throw that pass, throw that one," you know, and this is what you should be looking for yes. better than Kellen. See, and this kind of goes back to what I said a couple of weeks ago, and and I'm seeing all the comments. I'll bring the comments up just to be second. I see Fumble Hearts and DJ Dorder are making some really good, interesting points here. But I find the key thing that we're missing is like we're having coaches are actually going to be coaching you and not be your friend. Like because obviously yep. Kellen and Dak play together as teammates, yeah, they have yeah. more, more of a friendship. So there may have been a um not being too harsh on them or anything like that, but like a non-working relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so let me just bring up the comments. So DJ dog now just mentioned McCarthy now knows he's on the hot seat this season. He's surrounding surrounding himself with guys he knows, which is so true. I'm really happy about that. And Mm -hmm. fumble hearts made the comments saying, I love they are bringing in coaches that are not affiliated with Jason Garrett or Dak. I love the Scott Tolson hire, and I find that's the most important thing. We're bringing in coaches that have no affiliation or long-term affiliation to these players, like so they're actually are coming in to actually coach and try and make you better. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, little man, yeah, we, we didn't say Kellen was a McCarthy guy. We're not saying that. Uh, we, it, Kellen's more it was a Jason Garrett guy. That's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and on the defensive side, I mean, because obviously we've still got Dan Quinn, so there isn't huge saving grace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you say that Adam Duday's still there, which is interesting. Yeah, so the London boy stays in. Joe, why would why would why would we get rid of him? That's the question. Why would we get rid of him? Because he's done a fantastic job since he's been brought in. He's he's really helped um, the defensive line 
tenfold. When you think that the the weakness of the team, right, if you was to stop and say, what's the biggest weakness of the Dallas Cowboys? You've got to say that it is the defensive tackle position. And yet, even that being the case, Adam Durday did quite a good job. All things things considering, yeah. Like, there's been, there was games where on the defensive front where we did stop the run very, very effectively, like Saquon Barkley. That was without Jonathan Hankins as well. We stopped mm-hmm. him on his tracks. We limited, like I said, Leonard Fournette in the season opener to less than a like less what was it eighty yards or something like that. So all things considering, yeah. I think we did. Um, I think Dirty's done an exceptional job. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, but uh, man, the comments are coming in like hotcakes tonight. It's Friday night, mate. It's Friday yeah. night. The, it's the only Friday one... then. It's Sunday funny. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, Joe Witt's still there. The only one that did interest me on the defensive side is an old name returning back, Darian Thompson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the for- former safety coming in as assistant linebackers Linebacker coach. coach. Yeah. Um, I and mean, what's in. Go on, yeah, go on, is, and, and the the linebackers coach obviously ha- hasn't changed actually from last year. Mm. George Edwards last year was assistant linebackers coach. Um, but interestingly, if if you asked any of the linebackers, Edwards was probably more hands on than the, the guy that's there again this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Darian Thompson is more that hands on guy and that um, what's. Remind me, what's the linebackers coach's name? Uh, Scott McCurley. Scott McCurley. Whether he. Yeah. Oh, guys, I've got I've got something to tell you about Scott McCurley, right? Yeah. You ever remember the movie? Right, actually, like so. Think of Scott McCurley and put a red wig on his head, right? Mm. Have you? Right now, watch the Incredibles movie. Tell me <laughs> that does not look like Syndrome from the Incredibles. <laughs> 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 it's an absolute splitting image of him like just to kind of prove my point I'll do let me do a wee side by side of him so yeah get it up for the people yep. um, and I'm on about the picture there Paul um, but I mean <laughs> Darian Thompson I was quite inter- when I heard it I was like uh, is that a different one am I missing something possibly and it was like no the same guy <laughs> Um, right, you know, so... I, I'm a fan for for um, the ex players, uh, coach, you know, because they've got all the insider track on the most up to date, um, you know, what it's like to be in the NFL at that that present time. Um, so that the, there's a big advantage to that. Apart from that, any other coaches, guys, that sort of stick out to you? I mean. John Fassel is still over um, on his side. I mean, like, I've got, I went through the others. I know we could talk about them all, but, I mean, we'd end up killing the show if we talked about them all. Yep. Um, I, I think the, I, the big I, one, again, going younger with former players, you've got um, Sharif Floyd coming in for assistant yes. uh, DL yeah. coach as well, mm-hmm. who is a defensive – he was a defensive tackle. So, you know, there's, there's somebody to bolster that. He was a first-round pick at defensive tackle as well. Obviously, the career didn't pan out, and then he had a, um, he's had nerve damage in the knee after a meniscus operation a couple of years back, um, you know, which ended his career. 
So he should be at least useful and give more up-to-date techniques than probably Leon Lett could. And, you know, it's, it's sad to see, obviously, Leon Lett go after so many years in the business. Mm. But, um, yeah. Go on, Paul. Are you guys ready now to see this? Yeah, let's cool. go. Right, right. Okay, so here he is. There's McClurry. Scott McClurry, right? Double of them. Yep, definitely. <laughs> I had to do okay. it. I'm sorry, but I had to do it. It's an ab- there's, uh, he's an absolute double. Just give him a red wig like that. He's syndrome from the Incredibles. <laughs> it's the eyes and the mouth, isn't it? He's got the same grin. Oh, uh, that's the thing. It's the eyes and the smile for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all right then, guys. So moving on to the next particular part we was going to talk about. Um, I thought we'd talk about franchise tags because it the teams the franchise tag season is now open. Uh so basically teams have got until the 14th of March to tag them. Any player from that point on is on the free is on the open market. They're a free agent. Uh so we already mentioned. Dalton Schultz, 13 mil at franchise tag him. Leighton Van Der Esch, 20 mil to franchise tag him. So that's out of the question. Um, I believe that the I did have Donovan Wilson's numbers, uh, but here's an interesting one though, because was it, not like 11, big, was, it not, was it not like 11 million or something? I believe so, yeah, maybe 12. But uh Tony Pollard is the 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 hot runner at the moment for people to say the tag on him now he's actually 10 mil if they decide to franchise tag him bear in mind they're already paying zeke 16 so that would be 26 million tied up on running backs for next season uh now going off a couple of sites as well the market value for tony parlard ranges from about between seven and eight million depending which site you go on i think that if they offer because think Pollard, he hasn't got a lot of tread off those tyres. When you think uh, he was only on 50% of the snaps last season, and the previous two seasons, he was on less than a quarter. His first season was like 13% of the t- total snaps, which is nothing. Um, obviously, there's the injury, which has kicked in. Um, you know, So the, there's a little bit of that going on. I think the Cowboys, rather than franchise tagging him, if they are going to keep him and retain him, long-term deal. Three to four years, six, seven million, I think, is the sweet spot. Now you can keep Tony Pollard on that, I think. Yeah, I, yeah I, I I'd think... agree. I mean, if you th- if you think that the two teams in the Super Bowl, basically seven million was what their entire running back core was amounting to. Um, mm-hmm. If... Talk is, you know, Zeke's maybe played his last down in Dallas, you know, and then you're talking about, um, you know, franchise tagging Pollard as well. All, all the franchise tag does is basically give them the starting point for the negotiations. And you, unfortunately, very rarely do you see them go, right, OK, I'll take a I'll take a five million dollar deal instead of making one year at ten million dollars. You, you know, you're not going to see them come that far down to to get a long-term deal um, because they know that the next year 
you know, if they've had a good season, they they can be garnering more on the market as well. So, um, yeah. As Paul says, as Paul says, the franchise tags a loaded bullet. To be honest. Yeah. You no, know, you just perfectly just finished. Was just about to say there, like, if there's one thing about that sweet spot getting Paula to a longer term deal, I think with this injury might actually help us out with that. If we were to get him sent to a longer term deal on the cheaper rate. Um, because we just don't know what the extent the damage has done to Pollard. So it's is it worth risking? I don't know. I really don't know. But in terms of the franchise tag, I don't believe any player is worth tagging right now. Like and and I'm I'm just not a fan of franchise tags at all. I am not a fan of it. Like it just adds unnecessary extra value to a player when, like for example, like and this is no doubt to Dalton Schultz, no doubt to him. But if it wasn't for the whole um, scenario with a what's his face, Randy Gregory, he would have mm. never gotten, he would never have gotten franchise tied. He would have been given an actual deal, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So, so, he did. He did kind of sell himself out of, out of Dallas because I've been talking of, of Dalton Schultz, and I know you know this too, Paul. But all, all all we can say, without giving too much away, really, into protect sources, he's not coming back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have our sources, and we're not allowed to say why. Yes, yep. mm-hmm. he 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 is gone. Uh, yep, he's not yep. coming back. And then what's funny is we knew this, and then I think um, we mentioned yeah, it on the show I've, already. I've, I've, yeah, we we actually kind of knew this about just before the playoffs. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we hear last week the Cowboys are saying, we're not going to franchise tag Dalton Schultz, and we're just like, okay, it's Yeah, clicking. he's gone. It's... He's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, we'll talk more tight end in a moment. Um, a lot of people, yeah. So, I mean, like, with the Tony Pollard thing, I know what you guys are saying. Like, when you think, like, especially with Dak, think of that. They franchise tag Dak. Then the year later, they have to give him this supersized contract because they've waited a year. And the inflation costs on quarterback contracts are so steep and so quick. Like, next, this season, you're going to see quarterbacks getting... 50 without breaking a sweat there's gonna be 55 it won't be long and quarterbacks will be on 60 60 yeah. million a year contracts it's coming like and i know it sounds bonkers it's just the way it goes with that, that and position do, and do you remember the time what, what, what was tony uh tony romo's contract was it wasn't his whole contract like 55 million at one point yeah yeah so like so when you put that in that perspective, it just shows you how much it has inflated from mm-hmm. a five-year contract of 55 to 60 million. It's now becoming that for a season. Yeah. That is that is insane. Yeah, I how, can remember how... people screaming and shouting when there was like the likes of um I'm trying to remember which quarterback, it might have been Peyton Manning. And it was like, oh yeah, he's getting a twenty million dollar contract. Like that's a backup quarterback nowadays. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. But or you, uh, you look at you look at Danny Dimes wanting. Um, yeah, know, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned this. Million. Million. I'm he so wants glad you mentioned that. He's more likely to get thirty-five million 
you know, and if you, I think nobody would argue that Dak is still a hell of a lot better than um, Danny Dyne. Easily, easily. So you'd be, again, everybody (sighs) was moaning about the fact that we were paying Dak 40 million a year or there or thereabouts. Sorry, Lauren, you, you were getting caught out there. Uh, Rich. Yeah, oh. we 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 lost you in the wash there a little now bit. About the tenth, tenth, yeah, um, it's about the tenth richest contract now for quarterbacks. Where you know, obviously, it was number one back then. Um, you know, it'll I, get I, surpassed I, again. Well, we're seeing the whole scenario when it comes to like Lamar Jackson now. I've seen yeah. reports and rumors that. He's been offered like ridiculous amounts of money, and he's still refusing it. Pretty much, it just shows yeah. you. It just shows you like it's it. It's just getting more expensive, regardless. Yeah. Like and yeah. and the more we like as the as the next season goes on and on and on, it's like when you really think about it. Pff, Dak's contract is not as bad as we thought it is now. Really, when mm-hmm. you put things in that perspective, it's not. Like, if we were to say, if we were to kind of put Dak on a two-year deal, then try and give him an annual contract, can you imagine what he'd be worth now? Like, he'll be, he would be asking for the 55-plus million a season contracts, if that was the case. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's just the way that it goes. Uh, and... Tony Pollard, if he does go, I, I I completely understand the reasons, and especially with his position, running backs. This this contract really is all they're going to get. Um, after that, you know, performance, athleticism all declines, along with people wanting to retain them. So he's got to make the smart decision for him. Yeah. And uh, and I will say I think there will be teams who have a lot of cap to spend. Well, like will give him a really good offer, like mm-hmm. to what he's more looking for. But whether he'll fit into that scheme, we don't know, etc. But that's the whole gamble when you want to test free agency and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah well, if, I mean, oh, go on. I was going to say if you're going to put any tag on him, I put something like the transition tag on him because that still gives you the right of first refusal on any contract sheet that he, he signs to, um, you know. And I think where where it's the franchise tags, the the average of the top five players, I think the transition tag something the average of the top ten players or something like that. So it actually yeah. lowers the the cap hit a bit more. Um, and and obviously brings you closer to rest- uh, doing a long term deal, but um, yeah, we just need to see how it goes. I I certainly wouldn't be putting putting the franchise tag on him, to be honest. Yeah, it it, it is a toughie. But talking of testing the market, um, one guy that, that I think they need to do sooner rather than later, if they do franchise tag Tony, remember. Two things. Tony Pollard doesn't need to sign it, but also that doesn't mean the negotiations for Tony Pollard and Dallas Cowboys stop. That just means that they get a little bit more time. I think it's 
I believe Ju- is it July fifteenth. July July fifteenth. Yeah, and Winchell. Yeah, because that's exactly what we did with uh, Demarcus Lawrence. We did put him on the tag. Then we managed to come up with an agreement with the longer term deal before yeah. the deadline. So it is possible. It's just there to give you more time. So um, yeah. That's the if that's one thing I do like about the franchise. I do like about the franchise tie, it just gives you a longer negotiation period. Yeah, it gives you just that's, that that's because it. You, here's what I would do is I would put the tag on Tony if they can't get a deal done, right? Mm-hmm. Only right. because I need to get LVE done because I don't want him testing the market. Yes, I agree with you on that yep. one. I, I look I think LVE and Wilson are probably our top two guys that we need to bring back in longer term deals, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Wilson needs to get done as well. Um, that was one of the questions I got sent to me, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, because, yeah, I mean, the issue we got is I think it because of how quickly LVE came on this season, and we've seen it slightly towards the end of the season before, um, LVE is starting to get to that point where that first round draft pick is starting to pay for itself. It's not quite there, but it's almost there. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there are certain teams that are desperate for linebacker. LVE fits that, especially because I think he's more fitted to teams that play with an odd front. So, you know, there's four linebackers back there or even two. Um, I think he's more suited to that than the way the Cowboys use their, their linebackers. And uh, But I, I think what he did in terms of the run defense was so huge. And, and it was very glaringly obvious when yes. Leighton Van Resch was in there than when he wasn't, yeah. yeah. And I think that if you let him test the free agent market, unless... The only thing I can think of that you could f- tag LVE, because I know the price is, is high, is that it swings the other way. That they can get a long-term deal with Tony Pollard done, but they can't get LVE done. So mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll get uh, I'll get Tony done on a six or seven per year. Right, let's go to LVE. Right, slap the tag on him quick, call his agent. That's the only reason I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of comments right now about the whole Bobby Wagner stuff right now as well. Yeah, that's out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against it at the right price. That's the I mean, trouble. It's, it's 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 just like I would love to see Bobby Wagner in a in the star wearing a star in his helmet, but it, it really just just comes down to can we afford it more yeah. than anything. And this really does come down to, and that's the the really beautiful thing, but also the downfall when it comes to football is salary cap. It's to try and keep it a nice, fair playing field to keep keep your team within a budget. Yep. To keep it to, as a communion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Um, we won't go there, though. But, um, yeah, it's... Bobby Wagner, I haven't checked because I did see the news when it, it, it came in. I think actually you tweeted it, Paul. And uh, I seen it when it came in and I was like, hmm, I wonder what the cost would be on him. But haven't had to, time to check on that quite yet. But I would imagine he's not going to be cheap. His market value isn't going to be cheap. No, no. 
I think he's roughly probably just maybe roughly about from what the rumours were saying, it's like you're probably talking about like the 13 million mark a season. Seems fair, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, you know, it's a question mark because obviously, uh, you know, obviously we're now talking about, you know, are Dallas going to put all their chips on the table and go it all in? You see that the Rams did that last year. They let Von Miller go. They brought Bobby Wagner in. Bobby Wagner obviously wasn't as good as Von Miller um, last year. Um, and still, still play, still balled out though. Like Bob, mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner was still yeah. really good for for the Rams. Like, there's no question about that. But I think it's just more down to the fact that the Rams screwed themselves over when it came when it comes to their own salary cap. They're now hit that wall now. Like. By putting all the chips in the table, it's now coming back to haunt them now. This is it's it's an you know we've seen it before with the Saints, and you're just waiting for it to implode on itself. Yep, I agree. You know, a lot of people keep saying, "Oh, well, the the Eagles are going to go down this road." Um, not they're not quite the same because they do have like first round picks on the draft that they can play with, which gives them um capital to play with. But you know, this is this is the problem when you try and go all in and you don't have a backup plan. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yep. But yeah, I mean, like the only other part I wanted to talk on the franchise tag side really was the options there, and you guys have already mentioned that you wouldn't do it. But talking of roster spots and what we would do. And we were talking about the defensive tackle position as well. Is here's an awkward conversation to have, uh, and I hope Cam fan aren't listening. Is I was looking through the roster and looking at the roster spots. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Neville Gallimore. Now I know he's still he's... on his rookie contract. He's on yeah. the cap and what have you, but it's the roster spot I'm concerned about. So um, he was graded the seventh lowest in the NFL at the defensive tackle position. There was rookies and, and third string defensive tackles that were better than him. Is he worth keeping around guys? I know we got Carlos Watkins who I think didn't play badly. I think he was doing, he was coming along quite nicely. I know he was on the practice squad at the start of the season, but as the season went on, Watkins was playing pretty good football. And I yeah. just wonder, is that enough? For and I know because people are saying the defensive tackle, the Cowboys never invest in it. Maybe now is the time, but the issue is, is is Gallimore worth keeping for that? Right. So defensive tackle is a one tick. It's worth investing in. Yeah. As, as a free tick positional, like interior defensive lineman, not as a ta- nose tackle or zero one tick. That's your. Mm-hmm. That's your. That's your basically your nose. You've got an interior and defensive lineman. We've got two, we've actually got a lot of those guys, and and everybody knows, along with Can Fan, we're big Neville Gallimore fans, mm-hmm. and and I just don't see us retaining them, bringing them back. I really don't, unfortunately. As much yeah. as it pains pains me to say that, because I I freaking love Neville Gallimore, and I just don't think we're going to do that. And and DJ Dog just made the comment, and um, I'd made this comment earlier about Shakaya Aika from Baylor. I think yeah. that guy would be yeah. fantastic as a one tech 
yeah. I think that would be like Chris. It reminds me of um, Vita Vea quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think Gallimore is in the position that Tristan Hill was in last year. That you know, coming in there last year in this deal, um, y- you know, hasn't has had flashes, been hampered by injuries as well. I, I, I mean. By all accounts, you know, he would have taken the world by storm last year if it worked well mm-hmm. and hadn't dislocated his uh, elbow and all that. And, and sorry, I'm now talking two, two seasons ago that, for this one. Um, but, you know, he's now in that position. I think round about trade deadline, that was when he started taking everything to do with the Cowboys off his Instagram post yeah. and everything like that. So there, yeah. maybe there'd been writing on the wall there that they'd said, look, we're putting you on the trading block. Um, you know, and he was just lucky that obviously the Cowboys do have a, did have another year with him then on his contract that they could think about getting Tristan Hill out the door and see what they had with him. But if you end the season with on the, the as a healthy scratch, um, you know that that doesn't bode well for you. And obviously the guys like Osa and um, Goldston are coming on. Um, you, you've probably seen better play out of them in the last two years, um, particularly tail end of the last season. I think you, you certainly seen them coming on as well. So um, it maybe does spell that his time's coming to an end. You might take you might take him to uh, training camp again, but um, you know if you're looking to to offload somebody for to to bring in somebody else, then you know that's maybe somebody that you offer as collateral. Yeah, I mean, like the the issues are just like so uh, compounded with Neville Gallimore that, like, just when you think he's turning the corner, all of a sudden it'll be like a drive or two later, and you're watching it, and he there is a double team coming his way, and he's just getting driven like seven yards off the ball. <laughs> um, like you know, how many times did we see Neville Gallimore like almost outside the box? And you're thinking, what's he doing? Like co- trying to cover the pass. And you go back and watch it; he's actually getting blocked and driven that far down off the field. That's why he's that's why he's in those lanes. He's getting he's getting blocked back there. He's not a one take. That's the thing. We're putting him into that. We're putting him as a one take. He should be playing as a free tech offset between the A gap and B gap. But we're not utilizing it because you've got like so also the gazoo there. You've got Carlos Watkins in who's there. playing really good football. Yeah, so if Gallimore was actually put in his position and given him time, then I'm sure he would have actually kind of eventually would have kind of what um explode. But I think we're just kind of where we just had too many guys that have played that one certain type of the position they can't play the other part of that defensive line. So yeah. Um but it's unfortunate. And when you think as well, his his run blocking, uh you know, Neville Gallimore, the run blocking is just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean <laughs> just when when you watch it, it's just it's so bad. You just you you employed him as this pass rushing three tech, like you say, Paul. You're yeah. not getting him in the backfield. He's not stopping the run. So then all of a sudden you're just like, well, 
where where's left for you? Do you know what I mean? And and I mean that's the trouble. Um, so I hate to see it because you had we had such high hopes for him. Um, yeah. Put it this but, way, I'm I'm put it this way, I'm really sad. You know? Yeah. It's beautiful. Just yeah. <laughs> um, but let's say Neville Gallimore isn't back, right? How sudden is it now that, uh, or how important is defensive tackle for the draft now for the Cowboys? I'd say it's quite up there. I'd yeah. say I would say it's top three. It's a sneaky one. Yeah, you know, I, so for, for me, it's wide receiver of interior offensive lineman and a proper one tech defensive tackle that's our top three. Like, Agreed, especially you've not got Hankins anymore, or yeah. Hankins is a free agent at the moment. Um, you know, you've lost a big chip there. Uh, Bahana hasn't panned out yet either. I mean, sure. he, again, he, he flashed, but you know. Again, at points he was on the inactive roster for no reason at all. Um, so it's it, it's a it is a question mark, and you know that, we want that, one of these run stuffers. See, so this is a good counter argument from Labarski here. Would it still be a top three if we do bring back Hankinson? I don't know, honestly. If you if you, your plan is to let Neville Gallimore go. Right when you think of how weak the defensive tackle position is for Dallas, yeah, still it it, it still needs to be one of the, the main priorities. They they very rarely invest high in defensive tackle. When you think, you know, we're talking about Neville Gallimore, he's probably the highest defensive tackle the Cowboys have drafted in a while, and I think perhaps that's one of the reasons why, um, because. When you think they drafted defensive tackles in the past, they haven't worked out. So I think in Jerry Jones's mind, he's just gone, eh, you know. <laughs> and a lot of it is because when you think of most defensive tackles, like we have with Neville Gallimore, and I've said to you before, there is, you know, that fruition period for those guys. And a lot of it is they need to get in the gym. They need to get up to speed with the NFL. And that can, for those guys, can take, uh, you know, three years. Um, Everybody got time for this. So, <laughs> very much. So, <laughs> so I think sometimes the best plan, and I know they've tried this too, and it was a bit upsetting when that happened, is to go and get a uh, a veteran defensive tackle, one that's already you know a veteran who's um, had time invested into him in the NFL, so you don't have to wait for it. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, and that's just what I think. That it's all well and good drafting, which I think they need to. But personally, I just think that they've left the drafting a high-end defensive tackle for so long. You may as well just that. That's your free agent investment. Mm -hmm. um, you talk of Vita Vea. There's a guy. Imagine getting him in the building. Well, this is what I'm saying about uh, Sakia Aika from Baylor. Yeah, very, very, very similar in terms of capabilities speed getting into the actual a gaps like playing in a one tech position and particularly like i've now started doing my due diligence and actually starting to look at the tape of them and 
I have to admit, if we do draft them, I'll be a very, very happy man. Oh, that was Will the you case. Be doing that dance again. <laughs> the happy dance, um, possibly, dance. but I'll probably end up doing something like this. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's more like it. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the only other things I wanted to ask you guys and people at home, and then we'll we'll leave it there. The Cowboys are, have talked that, or, or there's been talk on social media of the Cowboys intrigued by Hendon Hooker and CJ Stroud. What do you guys make of that? Right, CJ Stroud, I so what is like 85 touchdowns and 12 interceptions in the last two years. Like he's going to be a top, he's going to be a top 10 player. He's going yep. to draft like we're like the only way we're ever going to have any chance of getting him either something controversial happens and falls down or we're going to have to trade up, which is not going to happen. We are not trading up. We can't afford to do that. Um, so Stroud, for me, is out the question. Hooker, however, mm. I think is there's a potential we could probably get him in the late second, early third. Because of the injury, people yeah. not wanting to wait an entire year. Yep, so there's that. So... Um, I'm not against it. I would rather prefer to us draft a quarterback much later on in the draft. Like Is Mike McCarthy, well, that's the Mike McCarthy way. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if drafting quarterback in the late second and third round is a solution for just for bringing in as a backup. So I I just don't I don't see why we need to do that. Yeah. But. Again, if we're going more towards this West Coast offense, we might bring in a player that's more tailored for that. We don't know if like uh, our current backup players, like uh, Cooper Rush, is he tailored to a West Coast style offense? Is that tailored to that? Again, just le- it's an our question mark that lives going into this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. As Paul says, uh, Stroud will be going about 10, uh, at worst about 15, I think. Um, you know, Stroud won't last. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Stroud won't last. I see us taking somebody like the the, the senior bowl MVP Hayner, um, yeah, yeah. around fourth round or so. Um, that's that's probably the area. I mean, McCarthy. Yes, he likes taking quarterbacks every year, but I don't. It's always been day three quarterbacks. It's yeah. very rarely been a day one, day two guy. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it, I know Jerry will be jumping up and down for for somebody, and you know, it's it's whether you can cap call him down off the cliff. Um, but I mean, I I would be picking somebody up, maybe a bit higher than Danucci, but um, you know, somebody fourth fourth round or so. Yeah, don't don't diss the Danucci man. He had a oh, great no, game. He had yeah, a great yeah, game yeah. for for the Sea Dragons yeah. man. He is actually doing so well for the XFL right now. He's doing that, really uh, awesome. a, a little shovel pass into the end oh, zone. Oh, to Josh yep. Gordon as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that reminds us, uh, we may actually have ourselves a, a minor hookup when it comes to the uh, True Boulevard hats when we're over. <laughs> <laughs> we we could we we'll go and. Make the introductions and see what yeah. they think. Yeah. Um, but here's my last question, and we'll get out of here, guys. I put a post out, uh, a tweet 
at first, people found it crazy, but all of a sudden, that is beginning to turn, and people are liking this idea. So here's a hypothetical for you, right? So the Atlanta Falcons, they are, I believe, 53 million right now, 53 million over the cap, right? They are in full rebuild mode right now. They are missing major, major parts. They need to clear space. They need to get as many draft picks as they can. So how about this, Paul, right? I you, know, never, you, know, you never I, answered I me. You, ne you never answered me. Uh, and people found it crazy. And Jay Tuck, funnily enough, sent a choo-choo train to me. To get I know. Yeah, train. I, I, I know knew you were going to. When you mentioned, you I know where you're going with us. And, yeah. uh, so I'm, would you do it? Would you draft? Would you trade your first-round pick? Right, bearing in mind it's pick number 26, right? And I know you lose a little bit because of the fifth year option, etc. But think about how long it takes for tight ends again, that fruition period. Rookie tight ends very rarely do they explode onto the scene like some have. Mm -hmm. Um, that's few and far between. Usually it takes them a couple of years. Uh, but think about this you trade your first round pick, right? You get Carl Pitts in the building. We just said Dalton Schultz is not coming back, right? Carl mm -hmm. Pitts helps you with your tight end situation, fits the West Coast offense, helps you because he can play out as a wide receiver, as a wide, wide receiver, and from the slot as well. You help Atlanta Falcons because they get a first-round pick to help them with a the rebuild. They clear... Basically, when you think when you're in a rebuild where uh, Falcons are right now, tight end is not high on your list of priorities. <laughs> That's a luxury pick right now. So you take all of a sudden, things have just opened pathways for both teams. Now I know it sounds crazy when you first say it, but think about this: Are you getting like Dalton Kincaid is probably the closest thing you can get? to a first round, because my, I think Michael May has gone before the Cowboys pick. But you get Kyle Pitts, who I think is, is better than both of those tight ends. And think what he does for the roster and for Dak. What? Hmm. Yeah! <laughs> if, 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 it's, if it's... If it happens... It happens. I'm not gonna be upset Hell about yeah, it. Boy. That's a bit that's a bit overuse of the, the sound effects there. Um come on. Think about I'm, it. I, I, no, I'm thinking about it, mate. I'm not against it, but mm. I'd rather not we didn't. I I don't I think we're better think like you know where I'm kind of getting on with us. Like I feel with the other needs that we do have, I find that will take more of a priority. Like if we do decide to go for Kyle Pitts, then cool, whatever. It's we've got a hybrid tight end wide receiver playing who can actually catch the ball and actually score points in the board, which is cool. But um, is it worth it though? I don't know. I, I I really don't know what else to really say on that. Like, I rather prefer we just stuck to our guns and get the best player available. It's on that draft board and actually build the team and more. Like, I don't. I really don't know. I really don't know, mate. Again, again, it's a case of short term gain. If you if if we picked up pets, they were both drafted in the same year as Micah Parsons. They're both first first round draft picks. 
So you're activating the, the fifth round the fifth year option at the same time, which is the equivalent of a franchise tag as well. Mm. Um so you're then putting stress on your salary cap again there. Um you obviously wouldn't give up a first round pick unless you're gonna sign him to another deal, much like we did with Amari Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Um, I Personally, I wouldn't, to be honest. I'd, you know, especially as well, by all accounts, um, Jake um, Travis Kelsey has said that, you know, Jake Ferguson is the next coming of him, that, you know, and if his, if his um, you know, even if he only turns out to be half of Travis Kelsey, I'd be, I'd be more than happy with that. I'd be very <laughs> happy with what we got out of the tight end room this year anyway. I'm telling um, you, Ferguson, Ferguson's the power up, I'm telling you. Yep. Ah. I mean, like, yeah, Ferguson, what he was missing coming out of Wisconsin was just weight. He didn't, he, he, like, because that's how he, he got beat so easily off blocks. And he just needed to get in the gym. Is <laughs> what he needed to do, basically. Um, so I, I think that the, here's the trouble I've got and why I see it this way is go through last year. And even this season, look at the teams that went to the championship, to the Super Bowl, and even won it. What was the one thing that they all had in common? Obviously, one thing they all had in common was a, a very decent defensive line. You know, we talk about three tags. The other thing they also all had is a top end, tight end. Look at it that way. They all have them. But the thing is, though, mate. Not they're not first round. They were never drafted as first rounders. No, 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 no. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So Kelsey didn't really properly explode after his second season. Like, remember, we like the majority of us at the UK Cowboys. We went to the Kansas City versus the Detroit game back in 2015, and that was under Alex Smith as their quarterback. And mm. Kelsey was just like basically taking the year after Gonzalez. It was Tony Gonzalez retired. So, like, and he was just still finding his feet. So, and for him to kind of come up and say, Ferguson's kind of going that same projection, I would put my faith on that. I'll be perfectly honest. Like, I, I, I'm a big fan of Jake Ferguson. I think this, he is possibly potentially could be our prop, actual proper starting tight end. So, I don't see why we need to indulge this idea of trading away our first round draft pick for Kyle Pitts, who. It's gonna like cost us more money essentially based on the contract, even though it's a rookie, even though it's a rookie, mind you, right? But I would still rather pick at twenty six and get a player in a lower spectrum of the rookie contract that way as well. Yeah, and I mean, like I know it's a, it's a hypothetical, um, but when you you start hypothetical, it's a bit of a reach. <laughs> and I mean, when you stop and you think about it, the Dallas Cowboys never really invest high in the draft um, at tight end. When you look at the tight ends we got now and the ones we've had in the past, I mean, some of them were undrafted free agents that we've had playing along, you know, day yeah, three they, picks. Yeah, but they still did their job, though. That's the no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying why this hypothetical wouldn't happen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. To I, I totally agree with you on that one. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm just going to bring up Labasi's commentary. He thinks I'm going to get triggered by this. So, 
Uh, Labarge just to say, Paul's going to hate, hate this, but my favourite mock draft I've done was B. John Robinson in the first. Nope, sorry, no. Uh, Darnell <laughs> Washington the second and Match in the third. Um, second, third round, cool. First Darnell round. Washington getting T in the second is a really high-value pick. Like, I don't see him getting out of the first. I would not touch Avnar running back so early on. No, I think it's now... I want to do what other teams are doing, running back by committee. Yep. It's going to be on the West Coast offense if it goes that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, to me, I think it would be a wasted... Like, doesn't matter how much of a generational type of pick B. John Robinson is as a running back, but he still can't pass block. Let's be honest. When you look at the film of him, he cannot pass block as a running back. He's literally a more... A bigger version of what Tony Pollard can do, like in terms of physical, he's more he's like the physical attributes of Zeke, but the fluidity of Tony Pollard, but it just can't pass block. That's the way I'm seeing it. I may you, I might be being harsh on the criticism on it, but I I would not take B. Jan Robinson in the first round, even if he's there at 26. I would not take him, and also I just do not want to invest another running back in the first round again like that. <laughs> Yep. So if it was me, wide receiver, defensive tackle, maybe even linebacker again, who knows, or cornerback, like as long as it's not a quarterback or it's a running back, like offensive lineman, I'd be happy with whatever. But anything, anything, like if it's those two positions, I'd be pretty annoyed. But anything <laughs> else, I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. All right. Well. It's Friday night, guys. So should we call this a night and wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It. I, we do apologize. It is a bit of a short one than usual, but it is Friday. We do want to <laughs> do want to get a couple of drinks in the door and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I have somebody shaking a wine glass at me. So yeah, so <laughs> but but it's Friday. Maybe uh, that's right. Get in there. All right. Hit me with it, Lone. Okay, so if you are going to a Cowboys game this year, make sure that you hit up the Cowboys Experience for the ultimate meet and greet, stadium tours, game tickets, tailgating, and much, much more. Get to hang out with guys like Micah Parsons, Sam Williams, Jay Novacek, Drew Pearson, uh, Zach Martin. Paul will tell you any, anybody that I've missed out. Um you know, and if you are going with them, make sure that you mention UK Cowboys because they'll treat you like royalty and they'll also give you free, free stuff. stuff. Yeah, guys, if you're uh, be sure that everyone check out our fellow content creators from the official DallasCowboys.com channels, like hanging with the boys, the break, talking cowboys, the draft shows now back as well. Be sure to go and check out SB Nation blog and the boys. We can hear myself and Meg Murray. Our episode will come out tomorrow, um, basically covering what we kind of just talked about tonight. Um, our good friends from Canada, JTuck, as we mentioned earlier before, Big Game James, all the list is there. So be sure to go and check those guys out. You will not be disappointed yeah. with all the contents. And the last one is the travel package, guys. I know some of you got questions on this. Message Barry and um, the guys over there. They will get to you. I know some people, we see your messages going in and people asking what's going on. 
Um, some of them, it's been a bank holiday in America. It's been President's Day. Um, but they will get to you. Don't worry. As long as you message them, then you will get the early bird discount. So don't panic. It's okay. Um, but apart just, from that, guy, uh, what, yeah, just, just in case anyone doesn't know, we are going to the Thanksgiving game this year, this season, 2023. So, um, so obviously it'll be the weekend of like the 22nd over going on to the 20, uh, 29th. So it's that week we're going over. So yeah. that's the that's the game we're going. And uh, it's going to be an international takeover because our friends from Cowboys Can Fun are going to be there also. We're trying to reach out to all the other um, Cowboys fans all across the world, see if they're coming over for it as well. And it's, it's just going to be a massive international takeover. Yeah, and I will tell you now, there are people in the Dallas Cowboys building as well who are very interested in this. Yeah. <laughs> but that is it from us, guys. Go grab yourself a beer. Go grab yourself a vodka, a whiskey. Grab yourself a cigar as well. I might have two today, so I might go for my second one. Deliciousness. Um, and I am going to do the same. So have a great weekend, guys. Uh, stay safe. We'll be back Tuesday with Prospect Project, uh, where we're going to look at some more prospects. Um, not sure who me and Brian have picked yet. I'll talk to him over the weekend about it. Um, but make sure to join us and stay safe. These guys are going to have the last word. Stay safe out there. Have a great weekend. After you. Have a good, have a good Friday night, guys. Enjoy your weekend. See you next week. Dallas forever, Philly for never. Have a good one, folks. Go Cowboys.